idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. He was being involved in a domestic political errand. And we were being involved in national security foreign policy. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Live from Studio C. A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today, on is it, is it Friday? It is indeed, Please, sir. all day long, yes. it's Friday. Please, Jeebus, make it be Friday. <laughs> today we are on to the tutelage of uh, anything but impeachment. That is my tutelage today. I just I found myself as I got up this morning, and I'm going through newspapers and uh, bouncing around the dial throughout the day. I would hit the button anytime anybody would start talking about impeachment. So if I'm doing that, I just wonder. I wonder about everybody else. There are some polls on that that we should mention, but other than that, I just I, I, I don't want to hear another freaking word of testimony. I'll tell you that for sure. And we're uh, within the window of uh, having stuff in your fridge for Thanksgiving, which is always exciting. My wife did the big shopping trip yesterday, and our refrigerator is just absolutely jammed full of all kinds of different stuff. I don't even know what it is. That's some good planning ahead. I like that. you got a, whole, a lot of time to, to really get all the ingredients together. Yeah, I've never, I've never shopped for a Thanksgiving as a dude who doesn't cook, but um, I understand the grocery store can be just insane when you the closer you get to Thanksgiving to try to get in there and get your giant cart full of stuff. Just crazy, and people get angry, and they run out of things, and nobody wants to deal with that. But I'm looking forward to a giant meal uh, next week, uh, as opposed to the giant meals I eat every other single day of the year. So, I wonder at what point Thanksgiving went from being some sort of... Um, an outlier through the year. Uh, you know, you didn't eat that much generally, and then once or twice a year you'd have this big feast to, it's just another day we eat till we can't breathe. <laughs> That's the same thing I did yesterday and the same thing I'm going to do tomorrow <laughs> and next Thursday. So I wonder when that changed. I'm guessing somewhere in like the 60s or 70s. Uh, it just became an, a, just a different day to overeat as we got bigger and bigger. That's fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get out the eating pants. Yeah, exactly. The eating pants. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, my my kids aren't into football, so um, I don't get to turn on the uh, the TV and watch any football. You games watch the parade? Yeah, try yeah. to. Yeah. It's 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 harder than it used to be yeah. because it's all uh, promotion and sales. Right. Right. So when I was a kid, we'd watch the Macy's Thanksgiving parade, and I kind of found it entertaining as a kid. The floats and the stuff like that. But now it's always. They've got the star of some new TV show they're right. trying to tell you about. Right. You know, the parade's kind of in the background. And then there's uh, there's a bunch of people dancing around from a new musical that's starting down the street on right. Broadway. And they're trying to advertise that. And it's just, eh, they kind of suck the life out of it. I just want giant balloons. That's all I want. I want a giant <laughs> Snoopy balloon. Marching bands. Yeah. You don't get to see any of that yeah. anymore. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. I'm kind of sad, though. Speaking of football, Fred Cox was 80 years old. He passed away. He was the inventor of the Nerf football. Oh, really? Yeah, he just passed away the other At day. At what age? He was 80. Huh. Yeah. Does, does it say when Nerf came out? Of course, when I it came out. I believe it was 19, around 1969. Yeah. 
Yeah, that 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 sounds like it'd probably be all right. Well, I think it was a part of the space program. I think it had something to do with the space program, but it became a thing uh, like affordable and every for every kid in the early mid seventies. Like when I was an eight year old or whatever, everybody had a Nerf football, and they were there was one kid had a Nerf football. I remember he got his first. I can still picture it. We all just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I, the first time I got a Nerf football, I think I probably carried it with me first eight months I had it oh, everywhere really? I went. Oh, cool. I love that thing. Yeah, and and they didn't even have uh, like junior-sized footballs, or nobody had one back then, so you either played with the giant hard-as-a-rock leather football that would take out an eye <laughs> and break an arm, or you had the Nerf football that fit in your hand and you could throw a mile. And you'd ca- Oh, that was so awesome. It was perfect for wimpy kids like me who couldn't handle the hardball. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. Ours, right. Is, ours is so beat up from playing on the, the, the driveway. We should play in the grass. Why don't we play in the grass? Because then when it hits the ground, it gets yeah. all scuffed up. I need a new Nerf football. I'll buy one on the anniversary of his death. I'll buy a new <laughs> Nerf football today. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Well, it's hard to be a diamond in a rhinestone world, Jack. And uh, I don't know how my brain works. I don't works. know what that means. If I've, I've, somehow I got onto a kick of Dolly Parton songs today, and I've just been uh, jamming out to them <laughs> Michael, all morning. It, Michael, it happens. Oh, my goodness, is it good stuff. I mean, I I don't got to tell you, but you, you better get to living, giving. Don't forget to throw in a little forgiven. You know what I'm saying? Huh, everybody? How did you happen to get on a Dolly Parton song kick? I don't know. I think somebody I follow <laughs> tweeted something about Dolly Parton. I was like, oh, I haven't listened to a Dolly Parton song in a while. So I just go to Dolly Parton Essentials. I have her entire catalog at my fingertips. There you go. And I just hit yeah. random. And I'm just, all oh, these are great. Little <laughs> islands in the stream where you combine Dolly Parton with the goodness of Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Nine to five, which they turned yeah. into a horrific movie. <laughs> you better get to know him, showing a little bit more concerned about where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what was Jolene's deal, huh? Jolene's uh, a good Jolene. tune. Yeah. That's a good tune. Yep. Yeah, we're playing this garbage instead of Jolene. That's a real Dolly Parton song. <laughs> and, of course, Dolly Parton wrote that I, I, I will always love you that Whitney Houston made such a big hit yeah. out of. And she oh, she made, wrote that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, she wow. sang that first. And she, she wrote made a, that and Jolene both the same day, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, she that made was a, a powerful day. Yeah. She made a gazillion dollars off of those songs. Uh, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. Got a couple of uh, celebrity birthdays of special note. Actress and one of Positive Sean's favorites, Scarlett Johansson, hits 35 today. Is she still dating uh, Colin Jost from She's Saturday? Engaged. I believe it's even more official than that. Oh, so, yeah. uh, so are you married? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she threw uh, Sean over for uh, for this guy, Jost. Her net worth? I wish them the best or something. Her net worth? $140 million. Oh, really? Yes. And she was in those Marvel movies. So he's the one that's doing well in this thing, um, financially speaking. He, uh, he, uh, you know, <laughs> he's doing well in every aspect. He's a decent catch, I suppose. He's good looking. He went to Harvard. He's the head writer for Saturday Night Live and on their news. Yeah, whatever. And it stings a little bit more having yeah. somebody who kind of... St- like, granted, on a larger scale, largely does a lot of what I do for a living, right? Like yeah, it's true. It's yeah, true. She's not yeah. dating an NBA player. I'm like, yeah. okay, I right. get it. Yeah. I get yeah. it. There's a, you know, but I feel like it's just... Or, or ah. a billionaire hotelier. Right, right. Yeah. She's dating somebody in your yeah. wheelhouse. I, I feel like that's true, and it makes it sting <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> that if you'd just met her at a party earlier, things could have gone on a different Some radio convention, right. I don't right. know. <laughs> 
And another, another uh, woman having a birthday today, a woman I've had the pleasure of uh, running into a number of times over the years. Jamie Lee Curtis is 61 today. Is she really? Yep. I uh, interviewed her the first time after a movie came out in 1975 called Halloween. She Ooh. was considered one of the hotter women on the planet back and in those days. And a few years later, when she was even hotter, after she did the movie Perfect with John Travolta, yeah. I had a chance well, to interview her God, again. I saw that in the theater. What is wrong with that? <laughs> Wow, what a terrible thing to be able to say. How's that for a recall on this good-looking Friday? (laughs) Right. Uh, How's that for time you spend in your life? uh, Jamie Lee's net worth is now $60 million. So if she'd like to come by and knock on my door once again, I'd be glad to say hello. (laughs) Fantastic. There you go. She was Um, good in Trading Places, too. Oh, yeah. Remember that movie? Uh, that's the one where she is topless briefly, if I remember correctly. Yes, yeah, that's Jack. how I remember it. So, <laughs> yes, Jack, if that's all you remember of that movie. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Friday, November 22nd, the year 2019, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program, and we will need to begin the show at roughly, let's start it at, how about now, Mark? Last night's Democratic debate was the least watched Democratic debate yet. Yes. Yeah, true story. The ratio was one viewer for every one candidate. That's it. So the ratings are out for the debate. They are down. Yesterday, I think I said uh, I was expecting around five, six million people. How many people watched according to the ratings? About six and a half million, down 20% from last month's. Although TV has the same problem that radio has right now, and trying to figure out how many people are, are actually listening or watching. That's how many people tuned into CNN? Yeah, those are the televised Nielsen ratings. Like, I have taken in quite a bit of impeachment this week, which is not getting that greater ratings, but I haven't watched any of it on television. Yeah, I've watched I, it right. all on my phone, and I don't think they're counting that for anything. I watched the entirety of the debate, and I did it in t- all on uh, online streams. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think that counts for their Nielsen rating. Yeah, it's... Mm, I understand why they still measure it the way they measure it. They're trying to figure that out for the advertisers. And there were a lot of advertisement breaks in that debate. A lot yeah. more than I'm used yeah. to. But anyway, they need to be able to tell the advertisers how many people are tuning in. But for uh, general knowledge, for how interested America is in something, it's it's practically useless now to have that number. Because we don't know how many millions of other people. But it still wouldn't be a ton, I'm guessing, uh, that tuned into that debate. Hours 15 and 16 of the Democratic debate. Um, what are other headlines, Marshall? Phillips? Well, the sound and fury of impeachment talk resulted in really no major shifts in public or congressional opinion. Russian meddling, though, the witness statement you're not hearing much about that you need to hear, and Elon Musk's Tesla truck reveal did not go exactly as planned. Yeah, coming yeah, up. I've heard, I've read about that. I have not heard. Is there audio? Yes. For how that went? Okay. You, well, as Sean, Sean said, it yes. couldn't have gone much worse. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, there are some brand new polls out on people's attitudes about impeachment that are definitely working, worth looking at. Which polls? All of them. Okay. Okay. Because um, that's the whole ballgame. The polls are the whole ballgame. If the polls moved dramatically, then maybe some of those senators vote to remove, remove them. If polls don't move, there's not a chance in hell Donald Trump's going anywhere, um, at least for now. So that's the whole ballgame, and we'll take a look at that on the way in just a little bit on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
got bad news, guys. Coldplay has decided not to tour over environmental concerns. The band will not resume touring until their shows are carbon neutral. You know, bad companies doing the same thing because their van is broken. <laughs> oh, boy. Coldplay is not going to tour because of climate change. Okay. I want to talk about climate change in a second. Because it came up a lot in the debate the other night. Um, Joe's not here. He's getting a uh, new hip. He got one new hip last year. He's getting another new hip, I think, today. Yes, absolutely. And I believe, uh, I'm pretty sure he's just got the two. So that should be both hips. And uh, and then uh, we'll hear from him early next week, if, if I remember how it went last year when he had this done. It's a pretty big operation, so he'll be out for a while. I will be uh, feeling normal on the show about an hour from now, as I've realized over the years that when I do it by myself, it takes me about an hour and a half to get the rhythm of doing it by myself. It's a different speaking pattern because, well, first of all, we've been doing it together for 25 years, and we're just used to speaking in such a way that in pauses, we and you, you, know, you, you listen, you know how it works, and just and when that's not there, it takes a while to get used to, okay, this is the rhythm of this. It's like going from a waltz to a 4-4 time or something. Just like that. It's, you know, that's a good that. point, Jack. Um. <laughs> I want to mention the polling that is out. Here's your headline in the Washington Examiner. Support flips against impeachment as Trump approval rating jumps. The impeachment is going on, has been going on for several weeks, and it has gone the wrong direction if you are hoping to get Trump out of office. New Emerson poll that came out found support for impeachment has dropped from 48 to 43. Opposition to impeachment is around flat. It's gone from 44 to 45. Now, so, of course, that's real close. Um, 45 to 43. But the support dropping five points is certainly not what they are hoping for out of a month of impeachment hearings. And uh, there's not a poll out there that I have seen that shows any steady growth for enthusiasm for impeachment and removal. So that's just not what they're hoping for. Um, I've got another detail in that poll that's worth getting to. Uh, and it might be why Adam Schiff gave such an impassioned final little speech yesterday. I think he's pretty upset that, hey, are you watching these hearings? How come they're not doing anything? So more on that coming up in a little bit. But because it is Friday, and this is very exciting, we take a fond look back at the week that was and what a historic week it was. We do this with something called Clips of the Week. We call it Cow. Now, I went there with the sole purpose of saying to him that because he had been convicted, it was inappropriate for us to be seen together. Uh, but I, I, I find it a waste of my time and yours to just be talking about what Republicans say. And is it correct you just started identifying as female two weeks ago? I'm not here to talk about my transition. I'm here to kick some ass. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. Oh, geez. Christmas ornaments, drywall, and Jerry Epstein. Name three things that don't hang themselves. Oh, my God. <laughs> but the average American doesn't think that we have to completely tear down the system and remake it. But there are many others who believe that the Tea Party is motivated by our real concerns about the direction of our government and the responsiveness of our government to citizens. 
Your boss had concerns about your judgment. Your former boss, Dr. Hill, had concerns about your judgment. Your colleagues had concerns about your judgment. And your colleagues felt that there were times when you leaked information. Answer the question. Is it correct? No one on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations. Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. Fantastic. Um, that little clip there where he tried to nail the guy down on uh, on that and say the CNN headlines are wrong or whatever is, 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 is seen as one of the key moments in the week. But I don't have any idea when I look at these polls, how many people are watching this stuff? I just I don't have a sense of that. Are people just kind of do they have a feeling about it? Are they taking it in closely? Are they are they reading long articles about it? I don't have any idea. But as I said, new poll out support has dropped in the last month by five points, and in this poll, Trump's approval rating is up five points to 48%. He's up five points to 48%. That's not a guy that's probably on the way out the door. That's on the high end of that range that he hangs in all the time. So Marshall's got his news coming up in a little bit. If they were hoping to really move the needle uh, in the last couple of weeks, it has not worked so far. And we're going to move on from that quickly, trust me, down the Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't remember how we got on the topic of Dolly Parton earlier in the hour, but... Oh, Sean was listening to Dolly Parton's Greatest Hits. Uh, Dolly Parton was on Seth Meyers last night. Oh. Is that a coincidence? Maybe that's the clip that I saw that initially triggered, hey, let me go listen to some Dolly Parton. Anyway, apparently there's a new eight-part series called Dolly Parton's America that we've got a bunch of text. People say it's great. I should check that out. As a documentary, so I don't know. Um, She's from, like, you know, Hill Country, working class. It could very easily be, like, hillbilly elegy sort of this part of America and, right. you know, where is it going and how is it doing? Uh, let's get the news now, Marsha Phillips. Well, the House wrapped up its public hearings on the impeachment inquiry of President Trump, and it certainly doesn't look like the hearings changed minds in or out of Congress in favor of impeachment. Latest national poll from Emerson College, 45% oppose impeaching the president, 43% support it. That's a six-point swing in support from October when 48% of votes uh, voters supported the impeachment and only 44% opposed. A six-point swing in favor of the president with the hearings out there. Yeah. So that leads me to believe that there were some people that thought there... I I don't know what people thought. Did did some people think there was going to be more damaging evidence than there was? Or I don't know what it was. But the hearings benefited the president, not hurt him. And the fact that his approval rating has gone up to 48 in that poll is really interesting. You know... Maybe the good thing for America would be if if his approval goes up and he ends up staying, that would mean both parties in a generation have tried it, and both times it ended up making the president more popular. So the future yes. future Congresses will think this is not a good idea and we won't yeah. have to live through this anymore. And the arguments didn't sway any moderate Republicans either, as the Democrats hope. Not even Texas Republican Representative Will Hurd, a Trump critic who is retiring, said he saw anything impeachable in the accusations against the president. 
I've not heard evidence proving the president committed bribery or extortion. No GOP lawmaker, either in the House or Senate, supports impeachment. So that guy heard, who you probably never heard of, yep. um, the reason he's a big deal, as, as Marshall said, he's a Trump critic. He's a Republican not up for re-election, and he's a former CIA agent. They thought if anybody's going to peel off and uh, and, and possibly start a landslide of Republicans going against the president, it would be him. And when he came out and said, I don't see proof here of bribery or any impeachable offense, that's when a lot of people thought, okay, we're not going to get any Republicans then. If we can't get him, we won't get anybody. So the president's looking pretty safe. Meanwhile, the hearings closed with testimony from former White House official Fiona Hill, a Russian analyst who had been an aide to the former National Security Advisor John Bolton, and in her testimony, she warned Russian meddling would not stop and stressed she thinks their goals aren't to help one candidate or another, but... The Russians' interests, uh, frankly, are to delegitimize our entire presidency. So one issue that I do want to raise, and I think that this would resonate with um, our um, colleagues... um, on the committee uh, from the Republican Party, is that the goal of the Russians was really to put whoever became the president by trying to tip their hands on one side of the scale under a cloud. So if Secretary, former First Lady, former Senator Clinton had been elected as president, as indeed many expected uh, in the run-up to the election um, in 2016, she too would have had major questions about her legitimacy. Russians just want to muddy the water about our political process. Which is so obviously true. Yes. I read a piece from uh, David French, who we've had on the air before uh, yesterday, and he, he can't stand Donald Trump. But he said, we need to work out as a country which parts of this are a hoax and which parts of this aren't a hoax. And both parties have contributed to this problem. He said, not a hoax. The fact that Russia meddled in our election, which Trump has been saying for years, that's a hoax, the Russian hoax. They did meddle. They meddled strongly. But yes, a hoax, according to Trump critic David French. Yes, a hoax, the fact that they got Trump elected. So can can we all come to terms on that? It's not that difficult to understand. Right. She laid it out pretty plainly yesterday. Meanwhile, Elon Musk unveiled the highly anticipated electric truck named Cybertruck. It features an unbreakable glass set of windows, but when Musk tried to do a test of the glass's strength, well, it failed. One of his assistants threw a metal ball at two windows. Well, here's what happened. Uh, Franz, can you try to break this glass, please? Sir? Yeah. Oh, my Well, maybe that was a little too hard. <laughs> Let's try that one. Try that one, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. It didn't go through. (laughs) (laughs) The room for improvement. The windows broke. They look like the the giant spidered, like a boulder just hit the window sort of thing. Any regular window would do it. So um, that's interesting. I love Elon Musk, and he's a super smart guy and done all this different stuff. Wouldn't you try that out like a thousand times? Yes. With various things before you took that out in public and said, let's try to break the window. So then he finishes the rest of the presentation with the truck behind him with the shattered passenger. Oh, that's not a good look. That's not a good look. I don't understand the real push for unbreakable glass on the truck anyway. I mean, that'd be fine, but it's not necessary. So I'm looking at the video of the truck. Yeah. It's very futuristic looking. 
it's pretty cool. It, I wouldn't if you had if you had not used the word truck, I wouldn't have called it a truck. Although seeing it from the top, I see there's a bed. But from the side, it, I wouldn't have called it a truck. It looks like something the Chinese military would drive into Hong Kong to clear the protesters. It doesn't quite look like a Humvee, but it looks like something designed to like drive in the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's got a real military look to it. But that's uh, that's pretty flipping cool. Very, very triangular. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people saying it looks like it was made from Legos or kind of, you know, (laughs) when video games were very blocky and digitally, it looks like, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, uh, The downside, of course, is if someone throws a cannonball at your window, it will break. Keep that in mind. That's your trapezoidal design, Jack. Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. And one last note. Um, I I did. I slapped my girl. She caught a fish. Kanye West, my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy is Billboard's greatest album of the decade. Really? Greatest album of the decade. By um, uh, by position on the charts or by critics' views? I think a combination of both, but mostly by position on the charts, I would think. So where does that where does that come in Kanye's uh, from beginning to end? Is that like the very beginning of his career? Or? No, no, no. This, this is this is so the much like uh, who Bob Dylan, you had. Acoustic Dylan right. and Electric Dylan. Sure. Uh, with Kanye, you have pre-Kardashian oh. and post-Kardashian. <laughs> okay. This is very much a post-Kardashian yeah. uh, album. Yes. Okay. Interesting. And um, uh, the, the only, I'm just because uh, I'm kind of getting into Kanye West, yeah. and I'm a late comer to the Kanye yeah. West thing because I like his Jesus album. Yeah. And uh, and that's pretty much gospel, right? You, not pretty much. It is 100 yeah. okay. percent gospel okay. album. The Bible and. and I know, like, uh, Joe's talked about his son is into, like, later Kanye, but a lot of real Kanye fans say, no, the early stuff is the serious, he's a genius stuff. And, uh, you know, so he appeals to a lot of different people. I'll have to give this one a listen. All right, there you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. What does the, what does the post-Kardashian... What's different about the post... Once he met the Kardashians, his music gets more fill-in-the-blank. Um... Giant butted? Yes. <laughs> uh, more self-centered, I would say. Oh, really? The, now, that's interesting. You get pulled into the Kardashian orbit, and your music becomes more self-centered. He didn't consider himself the greatest of all time in the pre-Kardashian era, right? Like, he, he wasn't making these things about, you know, me, Da Vinci, same guy. Right, right, right. right. Um, <laughs> his early stuff was very much... I'm the nerdy kid who went to art school. I wear polo shirts. I have a backpack on all the time. Right. That sounds like something I would like. Yeah, yeah. That that's my favorite Kanye of the, and it was uh, much more clever kind of jokes hidden in words or hidden in the lyrics. Um, and when he was when he was talking about growing up as opposed to the successes that he had already achieved. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Um, the the Jesus album that he just put out. Now that he's super into the Christianity thing and running the big church. It is. The lyrics are very clever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 it, that that's one of the things that's appealing. The oh, music is right. really well Closed put together. Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick Fil A. Got to make that's good. I'm not yeah. sure. I think that line's the greatest <laughs> oh, line in the oh, album. Oh. But uh, <laughs> wow, that is clever. <laughs> I do like a lot of it. Oh boy. Uh, so again, the headline out of that is that uh, is support from impeachment has dropped with the hearings, which has just got to be making. Poor Adam Schiff's uh, pencil neck bulge. The veins in his tiny, skinny little neck just have to be bulging out. He, he ended yesterday. I don't know if you saw his ending where he, he said, we're better than this. He did his best 
I'm getting mad trying to get things whipped up, and it just didn't come off that way because that's not his personality. Right. It's hard to get the volume generated through that skinny <laughs> neck of his. Uh, but he, he, I think he's probably frustrated. Why aren't people getting more outraged by this? Which, man, that's that's the world of politics. I feel that way all the time with a variety of topics. Yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to talk yeah. about that uh, coming up with climate change. Like, I don't care about climate change, and I know that drives some people crazy. How can you not care about this? I just don't care. Whereas I, uh, I care a lot about the national debt and how it's going to destroy our nation. And other people are like, whatever. Um, I think Adam Schiff's got that problem with the impeachment. He just can't get people to care. That and the Victoria's... He is not a long ball hitter. <laughs> and Victoria's Secret has canceled its uh, annual lavish television show. Oh. It's, uh, it's very, very, very hurtful. Oh. But, where, oh, where am I going to see women scantily clad in lingerie and, 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 and such? There's nowhere else to get that. No. It's impossible Stay to Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty Show. We will talk a little bit of uh, the Democratic field with Gary Dietrich, political analyst we've had on the Armstrong and Getty Show for years. That's coming up next hour. I don't know if we'll touch on impeachment or not, because to me, that story is over. I I just think it's over. The the fact that the polls are going the other way and they've they've rolled out their big witnesses and stuff, I just I think that story's over. But anyway, uh, came across this. Decking the halls in the fall, 43% of Americans say they think it's fine to put up Christmas decorations before November. Those people are wrong. 43% think it's okay to put up Christmas decorations before November? Which, by definition, means it's before Halloween. Right. I mean, do they mean okay as in it ought to be legal? Because I'd agree with them there, but just why are you doing that? Almost half? Some sort of breaking of the social contract. Exactly. There. That's you might as well just have Christmas decorations up year round. Uh, that's something. I've always thought that you gotta wait till after Thanksgiving. We're gonna get our tree next weekend after Thanksgiving, which is the right American way to do it. Not the hippie communist way to do it. Like you people are putting up your decorations in flipping October. You gonna go do the uh cut cut your tree down yes, again I am. thing? Awesome. Yes, I am. Once again, hoping to avoid the horrifying tragedy that would be Daddy having a heart attack right there in front of the Christmas tree. <laughs> I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often. You're laying there on the ground with a saw, getting the first exercise you've had in two years. Is it a handsaw they give you? Yeah. Man. Um, we mentioned earlier, uh, with Thanksgiving coming up, the, uh, the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade, which I loved as a kid and try to watch with my kids now. They get a little bored because there's a lot of just promoting TV shows. So all NBC does is promote TV shows. And I'd forgotten that John Oliver mocked that very thing uh, in the past. And now, a look back at Al Roker delivering the Thanksgiving kiss of death. Oh, just really quick. All of these shows you're going to hear have been canceled within six months of this promotion. (laughs) And now, a look back at Al Roker delivering the Thanksgiving kiss of death. Americans lining the streets and poking out of windows, all cheering on the marchers, including nearly 6,000 Macy's employees. A lot of them I know have to be fans of NBC's new hot comedy series, Marry Me. Temperature, though, always hot on NBC's hot new medical drama, Mercy. 
I'm surrounded by five happy actors, and they should be. They're the stars of the new NBC hit comedy, Happy Family. New NBC mid-season uh, comedy called Committing. Got a new show out, uh, Kath and Kim. We all remember the original Night Riders. Must-see TV series, Constantine. Telenovela, Clash of the Quiet. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Everything gets ruined. I just feel like everything gets ruined in modern, Amer- in modern America. And it's often chasing a profit. And I don't want to sound like Bernie Sanders, but come on. You can't expect kids to want to get get up in the morning on Thanksgiving and watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade to have Al Roker talk about some sitcom that's going to last a month. The Knight Rider reboot. <laughs> <laughs> and now here's the his star of Everybody's Jimmy. And Jimmy! And then my kids don't care, and then they go off to play Legos. Come on, just bring us the damn parade. And then we'll watch, and you'll run commercials during the breaks, and you'll make your money, but you'll have some viewership. Ah, you ruin everything. Uh, this got ruined. Some people, I guess, I never actually watched the Victoria's Secret uh, TV show where they'd have the women in the high heels and the bikinis march around. Where did the I gigantic wings. Yeah, um, I never actually watched that. But apparently it has been canceled. That's a that's a crying shame. What what I I lost my copy, but it doesn't make any difference. The 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 main thing it said on there was uh, there were some concerns among people who are uh, critics of the Victoria's Secret TV special that it exploited women. Oh really? It was exploitive of women. The whole wearing high heels with your uh, with your your nightgowns is. Okay. You know now that you mention it. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Couldn't, couldn't interesting to me. But uh, and uh, and Sean said there's also some burbling out there that they were taking some pressure from the trans community that they hadn't embraced that in any way. And I can see if ratings were slipping, and we're in the Me Too era now, and then you're going to get the trans community saying, "How come you don't have any trans models?" And they just said, "Screw it, we're out." God dang it! If you're this, listen. Maybe you don't know this as a guy. I don't watch this sort of stuff. Maybe you did. If you're a guy. If you're the sort of guy that you want to want to see attractive women in high heels and, and and not a lot of clothes, it's available on the internet. It is on the internet. Search on that. I'll bet you can find it. You don't need to wait once a year for ABC to put on the Victoria's Secret uh, scantily clad woman special. It going away is not the end of you getting to see that. It's on the internet. Go to the go to your local library where there's an internet connection. Google it. Google hot women lingerie. See what you find. I think you'll be surprised. Uh, we mentioned earlier that Coldplay, the uh, the band, who you may or may not heard of, has canceled their tour. They're not going to tour because of climate change. Until they can come up with a way to tour and be carbon neutral, they will not tour. And it reminded me how I was watching the debate the other night, which got six million people tuning in. Um, climate change kept coming up, and uh, at least one candidate and, and a couple others kind of hinting that direction, saying it's the biggest crisis in america it should be their number one focus as president climate change and um there are a number of issues like this i don't care and there are issues i care about that you don't care about and i it's um I, i don't know what goes on there psychologically it's got to be very frustrating to the people that are pushing climate change as the number one issue in America that there's a whole bunch of us sitting on the couch saying, I don't care. I just don't care. I probably should care. I've been pre- I'm not one of those people that don't believe it's happening. I believe it's happening. I still don't care. I just don't care. And, and you can try to make me care, but I just I just don't. And I'm, that's got to be incredibly frustrating to Tom Steyer and Bernie Sanders and many of those people, just as it is frustrating to me that I've stood in front of, I've stood in front of crowds of people, Joe and I have, but... 
uh, lecturing people about the national debt. $22 trillion. Can't sustain it. Eventually, the country will be crippled. We'll fall apart. We'll have no services. We'll have sky-high taxes. We'll be overtaken by China. And people look at me and they say, I don't care. I just don't care. And I think it's almost exactly the same sort of thing. I believe they believe me. Oh, yeah, I can do math. I get it. We'll run out of money. It'll destroy the country. I don't care. I wonder what goes on there psychologically with issues where you believe it's going to happen, you believe it could be tragic, or you don't care. It's got something to do with time, I believe, because in both cases, climate change and the debt destroying the country, it's enough years out that you can just put it out of your mind and think it's not going to happen to me. They both seem to have enough runway for humans to innovate their way out of it. I, I don't even know what I feel. I guess I feel, I don't know what I feel on climate change. And then I'm trying to extrapolate what other people feel about the debt. They just feel like somebody else will take care of this at some point. Yeah, I, I have a similar take on both. I think both of them are, are very real and need to be understood and studied. But I think there's enough time for us to figure it out before we get there. Boy, they're closing the window on the whole climate change. Remember, it was um, 20 years we'll reach the point of no return on climate change. Then somebody put out a study saying in 12 years we'll reach the point of no return. Was there an eight-year gap in those two studies? (laughs) No, there wasn't. Okay. That's been in the last year. And then Bernie said the other night, six or seven years. So in six or seven years we'll hit the point of no return. I think by, like, the fall we'll be saying in March we'll hit the point of no return. And in theory, that's when you can't fix the problem no matter what you do, which should be troubling to a lot of people. Gary Dietrich, political analyst on the way to talk about uh, all kinds of stuff. Stay tuned.